Good morning, Fitzroy. 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 Hello, my name is Ed Peterson, and I serve alongside Father Kieran and Ryan in our peace ministry in Clonard. Our Unity Pilgrims, inspired by Father Jerry Reynolds and his friendship in Christ with Reverend Ken Newell, have been visiting you in Fitzroy for worship for over 35 years. The seeds of our fellowship were planted years before that in the Thursday evening Presbyterian Catholic Bible study that took place in Clonard Monastery. The Bible brought us together the Bible keeps us together, and I look forward to sharing the reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. And I'm Kieran O'Callaghan. I'm a Catholic priest, member of the Redemptor's Congregation that lives and runs, lives at and runs uh, Clonard Monastery. And I work alongside Ed and Ryan, who's behind the camera. You can't see him. But we are delighted to be coming to you via video for this morning's service. Good morning, Fitzroy. Welcome to our online service on November the 22nd, 2020. And how wonderful to have Father Kieran and Ed welcome you into Fitzroy today. For those who are beyond uh, the Fitzroy uh, gathering community across the world, we welcome you, of course, and want to share with you that really there's been a Clonard Fitzroy Fellowship uh, going on since about 1983. My predecessor, uh, the Reverend Dr. Ken Newell and Father Jerry Reynolds from Clonard uh, brought the two congregations, the two communities of faith together around the scriptures way back in 83, became a very important part of our peace process. And we still, uh, as I always say, I stand on the shoulders of the giants that they were as Father Kieron and Ed and myself and others try to bring some reconciliation uh, to Northern Ireland. And every so often, uh, the Unity Pilgrims from Clonard come and worship with us in Fitzroy a few times a year. And we always love to welcome them. Of course, we haven't welcomed them um, since March. And um, it's good to know they're online with us this morning and to have Father Kieron and Ed take part in our service. I need to say that I come to this service a little heavy of heart. Um, if you're a Fitzroy member, you uh, hopefully got a letter on uh, Friday uh, to tell you that we had decided uh, as a result of the circumstances in Northern Ireland that we wouldn't have Sunday's service. We made that decision, session made that decision. And then the executive kind of took the next two weeks off our hands by uh, by the lockdown. And I know that some of you are incredibly disappointed with that. I would go as far to say some of you are very unhappy with that session and itself was not unanimous in the decision that they made. And that's what makes me heavy of heart. There are highs and lows in this job. And I would say this week, and uh, just knowing that we weren't unanimous, knowing that we weren't completely united in this decision has been, without question, one of the lows of my 11 years 
here in Fitzroy. And so I suppose I'm asking us for some understanding now. I asked at the start of this that we would have grace and imagination. Uh, Please, congregation in Fitzroy, have some grace with us, uh, some patience, some tolerance, some understanding that we hold different opinions on what we should be doing just now. And maybe as a result of that, some understanding of what our political leaders are going through. Uh, Fitzroy finds us ourselves a little fractious because of a decision to worship on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. What must it be like when you're trying to hold in tension a health service and education system, a business sector, uh, the health of the community, all of that stuff. So maybe a little bit of grace, not only uh, towards session at the minute or even those within session, um, but uh, also grace right throughout our community and our country and our politics. We've learned from that. And pray also then for the imagination. There, the lockdown gives us two Sundays that session have to consider um, what we would want to do in those of anything. And my imagination's running a little bit wild with ideas on that already uh, because those need to be in place, whatever decision uh, session need. This has been a difficult eight months um, and we understand that and we're eight months into it and, and we're weary. Um, but the good thing is there's a vaccine, there's vaccines in fact, and that we can see some light at the end of this tunnel and uh, our uh, our resilience might not need to be uh, as long as we maybe were worried it had to be just a few weeks ago. There's signs that maybe one day there will be such a gathering. Do you remember that song that Doug wrote that Peter put that wonderful video to that in Fitzroy someday soon there will be a gathering. might be good to remember that song this morning. We're maybe going to play it right now and see it as that uh, sense of hope. Uh, so give us patience, give us understanding. Please Fitzroy, you're the most tolerant congregation in the entire world, I believe. Let's show tolerance to one another and let's pray for session. Let's pray for each of his own session. Let's pray for leaders across the world. I want to assure you that uh, whatever is going on around us, that Janice and I are giving our all to make sure that pastorally, missionally and whatever other way we can make sure that Fitzroy is okay during this and that we have this dream, this dream that one day there will be such a gathering. When I was staying away I missed being in church When I was struggling to pray I missed you at the table When I cooked up far too much I missed your hand in my hand When I hungered for your touch Oh, I missed you Yes, I missed you Yes, I missed you I missed you in the bar When I was drinking here alone 
Let us pray. O loving Father, we thank you for gathering us here to Fitzroy Presbyterian Church from the four corners of the earth. We are here to glorify your name and to offer you our Sunday worship. You know our needs before we know them ourselves, and you always respond with love and generosity. Your Son Jesus said that in our prayer we should always ask, seek and knock, and so we come before you with our needs. We pray, Father, for the whole human family, suffering in so many ways, but particularly in the midst of this pandemic. Heal the sick, comfort the bereaved, inspire medical science with your wisdom. Gift us all with a vaccine, but especially those who live in poverty. We pray for all who live here in Northern Ireland. Guide our executive government in their efforts to curb the virus. Protect them from political point scoring and the paralyzing wounds of the past. Help them to work for the common good of all who live in this beautiful land. May we hear afresh the words of Jesus in today's Gospel reading. Help us to ensure that the hungry have food, the sick have medical resources, and prisoners are visited. Father, we are so blessed that we can come together in freedom to celebrate our faith openly. Over 250 million of our sisters and brothers dare not do this as they live in situations of discrimination, persecution, and even martyrdom. Be with them this day and comfort them in their trials. Bless the congregation that worships regularly here in Fitzroy Church. May they continue to give great witness to your son's desire that all Christians might be one. Finally, Father, from Clonard Monastery, we ask a particular blessing on the Fitzroy Kirk session and on Reverend Steve. We are so grateful for their leadership over the years, but particularly at this time in Northern Ireland. Bless the moderator, the Reverend David Bruce, and all the members of your holy people in the Presbyterian Church. We make these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Your heart and lead me in 
give all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one you could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these sisters and brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to, to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord.
is right with the world. There were words that was music to my ears this week. All is right with the world. I was in the kitchen of the manse and my daughter Caitlin uttered those glorious words. All is right with the world. So wanting things to be slightly better in the world than I thought they were, I said, Caitlin, what makes all things right with the world? Oh, I just found caster sugar in the cupboard. So it seems that if you're looking for what's all right with the world or for that potential in your life, then the secret is to find caster sugar in a cupboard in the months on a Friday when you're baking. All is right with the world. I started to scan the world. Democracy in America is unravelling whatever side of that great divide you're on. We are hurtling towards Brexit in a few weeks' time and our Prime Minister is in isolation with COVID. COVID has us in a new lockdown and all kinds of things are going on as a result of that and things are, in my take on it, not all right with the world. And I am sorry, Caitlin, but I needed something slightly more robust than finding caster sugar in a cupboard in the months. And I got a little bit blessed. Lucky, some might call it. Because this week's lectionary readings and what this Sunday is in our liturgical way through the year is perfect if you're trying to find something more robust to put the world right. This is the 52nd week of the lectionary cycle. It's the last one. And the baby Jesus that we're going to be considering through Advent has graduated and is king of the universe. I love how it just is and it's, it's, it's subversive and it's not just by luck that the 52nd reading has Jesus on a throne in the universe and next week he plummets off that throne as we start to consider his birth and being laid in a manger of straw in a few weeks' time. This is sensational gospel. And this is the gospel that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords became dependent on a teenage girl and a carpenter. But more of that next week because we haven't got to Advent. We are sitting with Jesus as King of the Universe. Now, Ed read for you one of the passages from this week's lectionary, Jesus is King. And we'll come to Matthew chapter 25 a little bit later on. The reason that Ed read it earlier in the week was that that's where my sermon started earlier in the week. But I'm afraid uh, the way Steve Stockman works, taking in the scriptures, pondering around the lectionary readings, looking out at the news and what's happening in the world, then what might be happening in Fitzroy and what might be happening in my own heart, that can change. And so it did change. And the sermon became centred around one of the New Test- other New Testament readings for this week. I actually used it uh, on Tuesday night at the Zoom prayer meeting. What a prayer meeting that was. It's that passage, one of my favourite passages in Scripture. In fact, Matthew 25 and Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 23 are probably two of the passages that are really influential in, in my life and preaching. And the Ephesians one really caught me by the end of the week. 
Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful passage. Now, let me set it in its context because um, Ephesians 1 and 2, my goodness, if you're feeling down or you're feeling isolated or you're feeling alienated or you're feeling you've no connection with anything or anybody, if you're feeling a wee bit nihilistic in the middle of this COVID, then there's no better place to go than Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. I mean, Paul is on it here in the ways that the Moody Blues and the Beatles and other bands were on it at the end of the 60s. This is about the cosmos, man. It's about the universe, hey. It's, it's, this is so cosmological that it's, uh, it's really quite incredible. The reach of Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 are eternal and right to the end of the cosmos. And the story of them is this. The conclusion of the story is this. That Jesus is king. And even more incredibly than, than that. Even more incredible than that. We are connected with this Jesus is king. And that changes everything. I remember a prayer meeting. It was an elders prayer meeting I think. We were up in the Oniolaki room in my office in, in Fitzroy. In those days we could do that. And, and I finished a prayer with... Uh, Jesus is Lord and that changes everything and I remember looking at Rose Sterling as we opened her eyes and thinking that's a great line that's such a truthful line and it's the line for this morning oh Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and that changes everything and if we read Ephesians 1 and 2 we find how it changes us into being adopted children to being holy and blameless to being precious it's incredible stuff there's just it's wonderful anyway at the end of chapter 1 Paul goes into this prayer for the Ephesians and I want to read it to you because this gives me something slightly more robust than finding caster sugar in the cupboard in the months. Uh, Here's what it says. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. Here's what Paul prays. Can I pray over all of us? This morning, listen to this as a prayer for yourself this morning. Here's what he says. I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That working is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in the present age but also in the one to come and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way wow this is incredible stuff This is robust. This makes everything at least a little bit better in our world at the moment and will make everything better in our world at some point. It's incredible stuff. Jesus is king. When the news broke 
that the executive had locked down churches over the next uh, couple of weeks. There was understandable disappointment among some of my colleagues on social media. And I decided, and a couple of others had already come in with this, I had decided that we needed to go on the robustness of this hope. And the first words I put up on my Facebook after I'd written a little piece for my blog was that the ascension of Jesus has not been rescinded. Whatever is going on in our world, whether that's out there in the politics of our world, whether it's out there in a disease that's rampant across our world, or whether that's inside our homes where we feel isolated and alienated, Jesus' ascension has not been rescinded. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He is king and he is power and dominion over the whole universe and history for the church, which he fills in every way. This is our robust hope. Jesus is king. Jesus is on the throne. It's far better than finding your caster sugar. Here's something that I learned this week. I'm always learning as I marinate the lectionary reading throughout the year. And this is a verse that I have used quite a number of times, but it it led me in with the other readings to, to learn something this week. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened, Paul says in the middle of that prayer that I read from uh, from Ephesians 1. And, and the interesting thing is that Paul doesn't say, God give them riches, God give them uh, hope, God give them um, incomparably great power. No, God says, may the eyes of their hearts be enlightened to what's already there. It's not something that we have to get, it's something that's there that we have to begin to see. And you know, I kind of started then to look through Ephesians. And what I discovered in Ephesians is that that's thematic throughout. Here, Here's an interesting observation. We are not what we do as much as what we are. Let's think chapter 2 and verse 10. We are God's workmanship, which he's planned to use in our li- through our lives. We are God's workmanship for his purposes. We're not his workmen or women. We are his workmanship. God doesn't use us as much as workers as he works in us. Chapter 3 that you'll know so well. He can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So we can try to do stuff, but God does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine when he makes us his workmanship. There's a thing going on in Ephesians, which is that the faith is much more imbibed than done. It's much more when Jesus is king and we start to live in his kingship that we are changed, even without knowing that we're changed. And that's where I go back to the Matthew 25 chapter, if you would stick with me for a moment or two. Because in Matthew 25... And I could preach a whole sermon on this and I'm not going to. I'm just going to point a couple of things out. In Matthew 25, Jesus is king. It's this eschatological piece. It's at the end of the liturgy. It's at the end of the liturgical year, sorry. It's at the end of the lectionary cycle. This is the eschatology. This is the end times. And there's, there's some judgment in there. And when it comes to the king judging, who does he judge? Because the people that are welcomed in as the sheep of the kingdom of God are those who didn't even know they were doing it. 
you're coming in here, Jesus the king says, because you looked after the hungry and the thirsty and those who were homeless and those who were sick and those who were in prison. And they look at him and go, when did we do that? They're not even aware that they're doing it. It's something that we imbibe. And yes, things are done as a result of it, but the doing's not the impetus as much as the king working within us is the impetus to what we do. If we go back to Matthew chapter 5, into the Sermon on the Mount, we find the same thing again. Blessed are the meek. He doesn't say, be meek. He doesn't say, thou shall be meek. He said, blessed are those who are already meek. He doesn't say, be the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. Already are the light of the world. It's something they have become as a result of the kingship. And the light of the world one might be the best explanation because Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. And then he says to us, you're the light of the world. And the idea seems to be coming through here to me this week that if Jesus is our king, then we will imbibe all the things of his kingship. We will start to live like him and we will do it in the most natural ways that we're almost unaware that we are. So here we are. Jesus is king. Yes, it is good to know this morning that there's caster sugar in the kitchen in the manse, but it's not making everything right with the world. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that this sermon will do that either. Because we are in this phase, as we looked at the other week, between Friday and Sunday coming, between the Garden and the New Jerusalem, between the first and the second coming of Jesus. But what I am saying is that we are able to deal with whatever's going on in our world around us, whatever's going on in our home with, uh, that we're living in, whatever is going on in the soul within us. We can do better when we see that the ascension has not been rescinded. That the ascension is crucial to all this because Jesus is king and that changes everything. So can I ask us to hold on to that in our own sense of hope? Can I ask us that we might see Jesus as king in this particular week ahead? And then can I suggest that we are a little bit more watching, that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened to the potential that we have this Christmas to do the Jesus King things. Of course, if you want to know what Jesus the King does, then see the preciousness of Matthew 25. He longs that we would look after those who are in need. This Christmas, it seems to me, and you heard me saying this last week and you're going to hear me saying this until Christmas Day. This Christmas is a possibility and potential of us sharing good news and bringing light into darkness and bringing a manual to people who need a manual more than maybe they've ever needed it in their world. It seems to me that Jesus is King gives us the confidence and the foundation to be those who would act like Jesus is King, the servant King, the servant king who looks out for the needs of others and meets those needs. May we over these next weeks, and I'm not starting Advent till next Sunday, but may we start in our minds to ask ourselves, how can we, from the foundation of knowing that Jesus is king, do the Jesus thing 
this Christmas to somebody near us, around us, and maybe somebody further away. Let us consider the wonder this week that all might be better with the world because Jesus is king. And because Jesus is king, we might be able to make a bit of a better world. Oh, kneel me down again Here at your feet Show me how much you love Humility Oh, Spirit, be the star That leads me to humble heart of love I see in you You are the God of the broken the friend of the weak You wash the feet of the weary Embrace the ones in Want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in me. You are the God of the humble. You are the humble King. Oh, nail me down again, here at your feet. Show me how much you love humility Oh Spirit be the star that leads me to The humble heart of love I see in you You are the God of the broken, the friend of the weak. You wash the feet of the weary, embrace the ones in need. I want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in me. Are the God of the humble? You are the humble King. Thank you again for watching and listening. Thank you for those who tell me you're watching and listening and even those who say they don't fast forward much that is encouraging and uh, let me suggest to you that because Jesus is king we would do the king Jesus thing and connect with somebody after the service in some way whether that's a text or whatever way we can 
I want to pray a blessing over you. It's the, the stocky blessing that I wrote a long time ago. I feel it's appropriate this particular weekend as we go into two more weeks of particular lockdown. Um, let's just uh, allow this prayer to be prayed over us as a community and those associate members across the world. May God give us faith to believe the truth and the right to ask why. May God give us joy in life's fulfilment and the right at times to cry. May God give us the strength to carry one another and the right at times to be the one who wilts. May God give us his grace towards his holiness and the right at times to confess our guilt. Father God, show us a bigger picture. Lord Jesus, put grace notes in our song. Holy Spirit, put us on a road that's wider and deeper than the one we've been on. Amen.